Bashir, I stayed from Ayurv. I saw him the next morning. I was afraid to ask. I said, is your wife still talking to you? Well, she's still talking to me. It's really the Shaila. Uh, I don't want to create a shoulder bias issue. So he said, you know, I got there around 10.25. They were serving the main. <laughs> not surprised. If you have time, nothing wrong with this. But if you have time to go out to eat, it's going to be a multi... But to to understand that my learning time is Kedish Kedashim, no matter what you do in life, is learned in yeshiva. And when you bump into somebody you hadn't seen for many years, and you look at your Seder, and I hope this is not a gift to anybody here, but we all know people like this. They got to life, they got married, they're raising a family, pressures of life, and they're panasam, and sometimes they catch night Seder when there's nothing doing and there's no simcha, the family's not going out to eat, and he's not tired, and uh, he has a whole long list, and there are some people I see for night Seder, Mamish Kaseder never misses once every nine weeks, at least once. <coughs> and then there are heroes like the first fellow we spoke about. So what's the difference? So we meet a person and kina seifim We want to. You should be jealous. Why is this guy being masliach in his ruchnias and his learning and his davening and his talka? Where did I go wrong? You're going to meet people like this, and you know what the Yitzhar is going to tell you? The answer is, I've heard this a thousand times. The answer is, well, I remember Chaim from Yeshiva. He was born to a very chashua family. His father was a Rosh Hashiva, and he had yichus, and he had a better head than I did. He was a natural masmid. So it makes sense now, 30 years later, and I expect this is where I am, and that's where he is. That's the typical answer given. This pick of the Rebbe Lezer says the exact opposite. Here's a controlled test case with three people, the same lifeline, the same likes and dislikes, the same personalities. They got together, and they operated together very well, got along, made a lot of money, what was the difference between Rish Lakish and his two friends? So most people say, oh, Rish Lakish probably got the Shemayim when they're handing out extra Hiligan Neshamas. They gave him one, it just took a while to nurture. And I got one of those average type Neshamas. You know, not too good, not too bad. I had a, yesterday I had a Shaila, a brand new Sefer Terror. It's the second time it happened. The first Shabbos of Laning, they called me up in the middle. There was a year that looked like a Vav. It was somewhere in between. So I looked at it, examined it, and I said, put the safe tire, let's get another one. So everybody came over to me afterwards and said, why don't we get a cotton? So I don't want to tell them the truth. The reason is, if you know the din, you have to get a cotton. Dafka, who's not too smart, not too dumb. So which father am I going to say, I'm looking for a cotton who's not too smart, not too dumb. Can you please come up? So to find the age, to find this, I wasn't really interested. It's still going to be a sub. We're going to get eight katan and four going to say, it was a yud, four going to say it's a bub. So I just put it away. But nobody likes hearing about their child or about themselves, he's a, he's a very good, solid, average kid. Did you ever see an average kid? If you ever uh, met Hashem, you'll be in the Parshish Shaduchim. If you, if you don't say, like, he's five madregas above superior excellent, then you're killing the Shaduch because they, they separate, they, they subtract ten madregas. So, when they hear about it, nobody likes being called average. Yet, when we meet our friend and we look at the contrast, we say, yeah, I'm average, and he succeeded. Must be it's because he was given more talent, more money, more yichus, more cheshek to learn, and I didn't have that, so therefore, it's really the same madriga. He was just given those advantages. And the Pekat of Eleza says, that's not the pshat. The reason Meshlokish succeeded and they didn't, they had everything it took to become Meshlokish. The only difference is Meshlokish took out time to think about life and think about trying more, and they didn't. And that's the whole difference. Nobody likes to hear that message because it just took away all our excuses. 
So you're looking at the guy in share next to you and says, of course he's doing better. You know, he's got to listen and he this and, and he's on, a, one guy told me recently, he says, it's not fair, he's on medicine. <laughs> so I said, well, if that's the whole problem, I know a couple of doctors. That's the whole issue. So the answer is, of course, that's not the whole issue. If I'm not, I'm not pushing the stuff. <laughs> try, try yourself without it. But if, if indeed that's the, um, that's the psak, everybody, it's a free country. Everybody has the same access to the same sugya and the same gemara. Some people find it more difficult. Some people have it easier. And in different areas of Ruchniyot, the other guy will have it easier. But to just bow out and cop out and say, well, he's a natural and therefore he's going to succeed, success is measured by what you can do. And nobody's created the same. But when you give up because you assume since he has this advantage, therefore I can't even compete, that's the biggest mistake a Bacher can make. That's the biggest mistake a Balabas can make. Yeah, imagine somebody working 9, 10 hours a day and he's learning 3, 4 hours a day. So if that's... Assuming he made the right decision and that's what he's supposed to be doing, see, he's mamish fulfilling his tachas l'chaim. And a bochur has the luxury of learning yeshiva, mesifta, mesmedrash, and kail, and he has 10 hours and 11 hours, he's got to use that. But don't think, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Rahman Laslan gave you a raw deal and therefore you can't succeed in whatever you're supposed to be doing. close with one more concept along the same lines. After hearing this, and I've told this to many uh, who are trying to look on how they can improve, and the final question I often get is, well, how do I know where my strengths are? How do I know what my weaknesses are? How do I know what I'm supposed to be working on? I wish HaKash Baruch would give me a, a sign, some simon, that I could do it. <laughs> that would be great. A shot in the arm like that would be Gavaldi. The good news is HaKash Baruch gives us this simonim all the time. You just got to be able to see them. And the difference between godless, potential godless as being translated into something real versus a potential godless as being ignored is seeing what HaKash Baruch is doing for you in life. Let me bring an example, a famous example from Tanakh. And then... You remind me, I'll give you an example that I witnessed myself uh, over 25 years ago. You know what, I'll give you that example first, then we'll go to Davin Amelch, even though it's not in chronological order. I think you'll identify with it more. I was in the maybe second, third year best medrash, and I was assigned a ninth grader to learn with. Now, okay, everybody has this. So sometimes they assign ninth graders, so sometimes, uh, once in a while, they'll assign a Mitsuyan. And quite often, if they're assigning somebody, he's not yet a Mitsuyan, although he has the potential, you just have to bring it out. Oh, a second year, best measure both. <laughs> so uh, we had quite a, uh, quite a Zman, let's call it that. Uh, I tried almost everything I could. We tried schmoozing a little bit, then we tried learning a little bit, and he was like bombing for like 45 minutes. And um, he didn't always show up on time, and sometimes he showed up um, a minute before the 45 minutes was up. It was, it was labor day. So, um, toward, the, uh, toward the end, uh, you know, in Yeshiva, Baruch Hashem, every once in a while, they have Bechinas. I don't have it here, but there's some you don't even need the motivation for this group, this hush of a group. But, uh, but uh, once in a while, you have uh, a written Bechinas a little bit easier. When it's Teresh uh, Shabbat you really got to perform because uh, you can't even start looking over the questions before. So I remember he came in one night, 
And he said, I have a big problem. I said, he told me, in case you haven't noticed, uh, I'm not really on top of the sugya this uh, last few weeks. So I said, last few weeks? So I don't want to hurt the guy's feelings. I said, yeah, I, I, I've noticed uh, that you don't have everything exactly perfect about the Kibega. He's a little bit of work, as does the Gemara and Rashi. Uh, he said, you know, uh, my parents are really going to be upset with me if I, uh, Mama's going to bomb here. I said, we've got to do something. So I said, what do you suggest? He said, I have the slightest idea. He said, you notice I came on time. He said, I have about six minutes. What can you tell me? So this is Mamish Siat I, I usually never even carried a wallet, and if I did, the wallet had a couple of dollars on it. I don't know why, out of Yemazeb. I had my wallet on me, and the wallet happened to have a $100 bill in it. I don't know where it came from. The Anavi put it in the night before. I'm not sure exactly. So I had this idea. I took out my wallet, and I said, I'll tell you what. If you sit down now for the next 45 minutes and give me a chance just to give you the Sugi Bal Pal, just I'll, I'll put in front of you. Tomorrow actually takes this, we'll put it on a Bikiv Eger, just see so you, You've heard the Kasha and the Territz. So as I'm taking my wallet, he doesn't know what I'm doing yet. So he says, I, I'd like to do that, but I never concentrated for more than 10 minutes at a time. And yeah, the boy's in uh, ninth or 10th grade. Been yeshiva 10 years, and he, had, he, he admitted to me he never had more than. Uh, this is before they had pills. Uh, and, and I'll show you why the pills aren't always unnecessary. So I took out my wallet, I took out a $100 bill, and I put it on the table. I said, if you sit and listen and can repeat whatever I'm saying for the next 45 minutes, I'm going to give you this $100 bill. He like had a jolt, like he just had five coffees. He looked down, I remember this, he looked down, the $100, looked up at me, looked down, looked up. He said, are you serious? So I said, I wouldn't make the offer if I wasn't serious. I never saw, it's like somebody took him out and replaced him with somebody that looked like him. I never saw, since, I never saw anything like this in my life. This without pills. No pills, no matter, just a hundred dollar bill, which is stronger. He listened, I gave over the first time, I'm learning for months and months, the first time I ever heard him pay attention, and he had a good, I found out he had a good head. And he's listening, and he asked me a kasha on the kasha, and a kasha on the terrets, and we're going and going and going and going. After an hour, I'm looking at my watch. I started getting fidgety. I had to go. And we're like only a quarter way through the sugya. Are you going to make up a few months? So I said, you know, you're impressive. You learned uh, straight for more than 45 minutes. So he said, uh, are we finished? I said, no, we're about a quarter way through. He said, well, let's go. So I'm thinking to myself, it's going to cost me another $100. So I said, but you earned your keep already. So he said, no, 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 no. We've got to finish the sugya. I said, this is interesting. First time in his life. No whip, no gun, no pills. So what happened? He have a bocher. I've met many since who convinced himself he doesn't have the flesh to sit for more than ten minutes on any sugya. And all of a sudden, he had an outside incentive, and everybody has their price. Might be a thousand dollars, might be ten thousand dollars. Everybody has their price. And it's like I never, uh, I never met the guy before. A different bria completely. And he was so excited and so animated, we sat for hours that night. And he passed. Didn't have everything straight, because he can't make up a whole man, but he passed. And I don't take credit for this. It's just a $100 bill somebody put in my pocket. <coughs> he's a Rebbe and a Choshev Yeshiva today. And he's a kid who, at 15 years old, was absolutely convinced, if you tell him he can concentrate for an hour, look at you, you love Mamash, you're from Mars. Now, there are people who have greater levels of concentration, people not. 
But motivation is the key. One other example. I met the Balabas. This guy is in his mid-30s. This was uh, over 10, 15 years ago. I was in the bungalow colony. I was going to Shachos one Sunday morning. It was a quarter tate. I was walking to the base medrash. And there were two guys sitting, you know, bungalow colonies that have these built-in chess tables. Like a, two seats, like a, like a regular bungalow bench where there's a chess table. And I see at the corner of my eye, two guys sitting here like this, staring at a chessboard. It's a quarter to eight in the morning on Sunday morning. So I walked by. I'm on my way to Shacharis. I said, uh, that's pretty good. That's mother here. Did you guys dive in yet? He says, yeah, we caught the very early minion. We're, we're, we're very busy Sunday morning. Mamash Jesus. So I stopped there for a moment. I look at the, uh, look at the pieces. And um, I whispered to Ruvain. I was about to give him an etza. He said, shh, I'm concentrating. So I said, okay. I went to Shachris. Came out 45 minutes to an hour later. And these two guys, like statues, were sitting in the same position like this. I had to moment, I took a double take. One of the guys, the same two guys. I went over the board. Came out, not a piece moved. So an hour later. Okay? I look at them. I said, Chaim, I said, I am impressed. You got up early. You dive into early to be able to hit the chessboard Mamish before his man Kriya Shema the Mangan of Ram. It's impressive. And I've been gone an hour. You guys didn't move much. So his answer was the same answer before. Shh, I'm trying to concentrate. So I said, okay. Uh, I, you know what you're not wanted, you know. So I left. And um, I met him later on in the day, standing. And I said, Chaim, who won? He said, don't talk about it. So I said, let me ask you a question. I knew this guy as a neighbor in a bungalow colony. So I said, a friend of mine. I said, it's quite amazing. Where did you get the power of concentration? Sit there for hours and hours. So he told me, he says, let me tell you something very interesting. Did you ever hear of a bachar who in yeshiva, year after year, learned 10 minutes out of every seder and just schmoozed and schmoozed and slept and slept because they couldn't concentrate? I said, yeah, I've heard of such a thing. He says, that was me. I did it through third year best medjish. I went out to work at 18. So I said, well, what did you, uh, which uh, industry did you pick? There's an 18-year-old who was convinced after being a loser in yeshiva for, uh, for 12, 14 years that the learning wasn't for him in any form or fashion. To never concentrate. So I said, what did you do? He said, well, I took a few uh, jobs here and there because I was interested in getting married, needed a panasa, wasn't that much pressure. I wasn't married yet. I took a few jobs, but each job lasted a couple of weeks because I couldn't concentrate. I said, what happened after that? He said, I got married. And I said, yeah. He says, I became a day trader. I'm thinking to myself, a guy who can't concentrate a day trader is like a, a steer in terms, like Mamash Naxi Moran. You're a day trader. You've got to sit there from 9.15 to 4 o'clock. And if you blink, you can lose a million dollars. You can't go to the bathroom. You can't have Hesachadas. Nothing. So I said, you became a day trader? He said, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous, right? I said, what'd you do? He said, the first couple of days, I was going crazy. I couldn't follow the screen. So I said, what'd you do? He said, I had a wife and a child on the way. He said, I had to make a panasa. He says, now, over 10 years later, he's a successful day trader. And he sits there for six, seven hours plus without removing his eye from the screen. I said, it's very fascinating. He says, you know what the best part of it is? He says, I can learn now for hours and hours at a shot. Because I realize I've been lying to myself for 18 years. 
I said, how'd you figure it out? He says, I figured out that if I have to support a family and I have to concentrate because I really have to do it, I realize, you know what, you really have to learn. And it helped my learning, and it helped my davening, because I found out I was fooling myself. So Kosh Baruch Hu sent me this Nisayan to teach me. It's very nice, I make up on us, that wasn't why this Hatzlacha was sent. It was sent to teach me that I was lying to myself the whole time. Now to Davon HaMelech. Davon HaMelech, as you know, was sent by Yishai. He was the... Um, David Melech had a life with one Nisayan after another. From the day he was born, he was put, come out in the doghouse in the backyard. They thought he was a mamzer, they didn't know about his yichas, they didn't know where he came from. He was mamish shunned by the family. He grew up, he took the opportunity, instead of getting depressed, to spend time with the Kosh Baruch Hu writing to him. And his bedidus made him David Melech. He was left at home, all his brothers were in Shalom Melech's army, they were officers in the army. And as you know, Goliath came to challenge Klai Yisrael, and he was standing there for 40 days, being Machiah from Agadev, and he challenged them to a duel, basically. Instead of fighting a whole war with all sorts of casualties and people getting killed, Goliath said, send out one person, we'll fight. If I win, then you become our slaves, and if you win, then the Plishtim will become slaves to the Yidden. The Plishtim and their namesakes, Adi Yamazah, have trouble keeping deals, in case you didn't notice, by the way. We won that battle. That's just an aside. So, they're fighting, and Shalom Elach, who was quite a warrior, didn't have Siat Shemayin. He was afraid to face Goliath, and no one else. If he didn't do it, nobody else wanted to go. David Melech was sent by Yishai just to send supplies and get regards, find out how his brothers are doing. He comes, and when he gets to the battlefield, he hears, and Adema Shmi'alari, in this case, he heard, he heard the news, he, he hears the Chiruf uh, and Giduf of Goliath. He says, what's going on here? You're standing here with a Chil So he starts talking to the people. This is... Uh, the kid brother of every other brother, he was the youngest of all of Yishai's children, and nobody took him seriously. So he started asking around, he says, why didn't somebody do something about it? They said, yeah, yeah, no, nobody wants to fight, just, just be quiet. Well, we're figuring it out. Until he finally made so much noise, they brought him before Shaul, and Shaul looks at this young man without any battle experience, had no scars, he's obviously never fought. And Shaul O'Mel said to him, young man, uh, what do you want? He said, I want to go fight Goliath. He says, you're out of your mind. He says, you can, I'm not going to, I know what I'm doing. I'm not fighting him. I haven't figured out there's nobody who can handle him. What makes you think you can go? And if you lose, the client all becomes a button. I can't send you out. David Amal keeps pressing the point. Shalom keeps saying no. And then, in the middle of the conversation, David Amal starts with a uh, story that he wants to tell them about something that happened in his youth. I'm going to go fight and I will succeed. You're young, you're weak, you have no experience. Your Highness, I want to tell you a story. This is my last attempt. If you don't want to send me after the story, I give up. But please listen to the story. I was a shepherd watching the sheep. And one day, When you're a shepherd, you not only have to make sure the sheep are eating, you have to get protected against the elements and against predators like lions and bears. He said, one day, my flock was attacked by a lion and her cubs and a bear and its mishpacha. 
out of nowhere. What do you do if you're working with somebody and you're a shepherd and a lion and its cubs and a bear comes with the mishpacha? What do you do? The din clearly in Babakama is you say, have a nice day and you run the other way, quickly. You don't, you're not mechuyiv, you didn't have a gun. You're not mechuyiv to start uh, up with a bunch of wild animals. You're potter. What are you going to do? And to stay around normally would be a little suicidal. David HaMelech, he says, I don't know what got into me. I decided to fight them. They took one of the sheep. I ran after him and I hit him. And I got the sheep back. Kharam almost got himself killed, but he got the sheep back. But you come alive, and the animal was so angry after being punched, they turned around and now came after me with the whole family. And I killed the animal. is the whole family, all the cubs. And this plishti is going to be like them. I'm going to do to him what I did to them. The Zolna Gain over here brings down a girsa on the Pasuk, which we just read, It should say Se. It's Queen Xiv, Se and Ze. Ze is always when you point to something. David Melch pointed to his jacket. He was wearing a, sound funny, he was wearing a leather jacket, not the cool type you would see. He was wearing a jacket made out of the skin, the hide of the animals that he killed. He said, Your Highness, I've been walking around with this for years. Because after the dust settled and I realized I just killed a lion and a bear and a few cubs, I sat down and I said, Why in the world did I do that? And why in the world did I succeed? And I was like, I'm a kind of nice nigla. And I realized that Koshbarhu was showing me that I had a kayak that most people don't have, and that there might be a time in the future where I'm called upon to use this kayak for Klay Israel. And in order not to forget that I have this kayak, I made a jacket out of it because a nace is wonderful. After a day, two, a week or two, a month or two, a year or two, you could forget what Hashem did. I wanted to always remember, but I don't know, I didn't know what it was for then. And it took years and years and years. And I put this on to always remind me that I have to use my kayak for Klai Yisrael. He turned to Shalom Elch and he said, Your Highness, this is the day and this is what it was for. And Shalom Al said, that's quite a story, and I agree with you, and he sent him out, and he was Matzliach. The godless of David was not that he was given the chance to kill animals to show the kaychus. The godless was that he saw it, he took the simon, and he decided then and there that he's going to use it someday. And he made himself a reminder not to forget what kaychus he has. That's what Kosh Baruch wants from us. Don't sell yourself short. Understand that there's some motivating factor, it could be $100, it could be you're forced to look at something and realize you can concentrate. It could be that there's a particular issue you're dealing with and you need some outside help and to seek Eitzah, this Shia, how to get that help. But don't sell yourself short into assuming this is where it can go. Ad Khan and no further. We all have tremendous, tremendous kaychas. Let Klai Yisrael be full of Rashivas and Rabbonim and Mekarvim and Balabatim who are Bikim, Bishas, backwards and forwards. It's not too much. And people ask me, how can it be? They can't have everybody who knows how to learn. Why not? It's the way it was in Lithuania. That's the way it was in Bovel. Nothing wrong with that. Hashem gave us the peace and tranquility 
and the money to be able to do it here in America after a long and bitter gullus. We're still in gullus, but it's never been so sweet. And this is not normal gullus conditions. You just wake up in the morning and you see a policeman, you say good morning, hello, you're actually happy to see him as opposed to running the other way. You're not worried about getting beaten up. You're not worried about where your next meal is coming from. It hasn't been like this since Shlomo Amel Peshaitli. It's hard for us to appreciate that. Hashem is giving us this gift so we can regroup and rebuild after world wars and after a very, very difficult gullus. Not over yet. But if we use these tools and we use our own talents and we look at everything our Kashbrach has given us to help us succeed, we can have a mitzvah Hashem, every yeshiva producing the biggest lamdan and the biggest masmidim, whatever they end up doing in life, but using every minute they have and every talent they have for Kashbrach. Have a good yontif. Keep up the good work.